UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. Yo, 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 I'm your host, JT Noah, and I know, I know, it's another podcast format, but guess what, guys? It's time, it's hard in these times, okay? Listen, baseball's starting up, so baseball games are happening, softball games are happening, and that's why you're not hearing this live, because they're actually calling a softball game right now on UCM The Beat. So that's why you can't hear it. I'm, I'm literally recording this on Tuesday evening, right before the first set of games start in the first four games. So I had to get this recorded. I wanted to get this recorded because I'm going over the bracket. I'm giving you my predictions for every game and who I think is not only going to be in the final four, but who's going to be hosting, cutting down the nets in Houston this year. So we got a huge uh, story, huge show going on. It's going to be great. And so before I even get into the bracket, I know, I know. Before I even get into the bracket, we've got to start talking about some facts. Let's get into the facts because I know some of you are probably still wondering who to pick in these games. And I got some facts for you so you guys have something to back it up with. Listen, at least one number one seed has reached the final four in the last nine tournaments. So I know, I know it's kind of crazy. Hey, do you want to take all four? You don't want to take all four number one overall seeds, but at least one has made it to the final four in the last nine tournaments. Now, a number one seed has won the title in the last five tournaments, in, including last year, Kansas. The Kansas Jayhawks won it. So, you got to think about that. So, as much as it's the boring, simple route, the number one seeds are the number ones for a reason. And when we get into this game, I should say into my tournament, it's going to be shown what I think could happen with some of these number one seeds and who is vulnerable with these number one seeds. And I think there's a lot of two seeds as well. Now, two seeds have not reached the title game since 2016, folks. So if you're picking two seeds, it's it's, 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 it's it's a scary situation to do. I will say that because, like it says, not a single two seed has reached the title game since 2016. And we'll see what I have going on when we get there. Now, the five seed is the highest never to win an NCAA tournament. So there is that. A four seed has, a three seed has, a two seed has, and a one seed has, not a five. But um, excuse me. Yeah, so a five hasn't. And obviously, 5 through 12 have not, or excuse me, 5 through 16 as well. So, obviously, a 16 seed hasn't because a 16 seed has only won one matchup against a 1 seed one time. Thank you, UMBC versus Virginia. Yeah, there you go. Now, the first four teams have reached the Final Four twice. So, there's that. They've reached the Final Four. And you're thinking, what? who's the first four? The first four are these teams right here that are playing. I'm talking about this year you have Mississippi State, Pittsburgh, and then you have also Arizona State and Nevada. Those are the first four considered to be in, which are like the last automatic bids, auto auto bids, at-large bids, I should say, because they got in without winning their tournament and they were right on the cusp of not making it or making it, and they made it. Now, at-large teams have won six of the last eight titles. So there's that. There's that. So I'm, I'm thinking right here. Last year was one of those times where it didn't, Pan out. Kansas won the Big 12 tournament title, and then they went on to win the NCAA tournament. So there's that part. Now, if you think about it, now you're thinking, okay, so we can maybe knock off a couple teams here. You can maybe talk about Alabama, which I'll get into later, but Alabama won the SEC. Texas won the Big 12. So Duke won the ACC. 
Arizona won the Pac-12. So those are some teams that you could maybe lean on maybe not getting there. But then you can think about last year and Kansas did win it. So six out of the last eight titles have been won by at-large bids, which means they did not win their conference tournament to get into the tournament. The last team to win the Ma- to win from the Mountain or Pacific time zone was Arizona in 1997. So if you really want to caps it off, think about it. You can go to Kansas, but if you go to Colorado, it's like that. So you don't want to pick teams in Colorado or you don't want to pick teams on the West Coast, in a sense. I would go to far as Kansas and K-State, and that's about it. Then you want to keep going to the East. Stay to the East if you're picking title contenders and title winners. Now, let's get into some of the seeding comparisons, or I should say, like, uh, battles we would talk about. We've got 1 through 16. Obviously, I just said there's only been one 16 seed to ever upset the 1 seed, and that is UMBC over Virginia. So they're 147-1 and one are the 1 seeds. You move on to the 2 versus 15 seed. 2 seeds are 138-10 and 10 versus those 10 seeds. Now, 6 of those 10 losses for the 2 seed have come in the past 10 tournaments. So it's it's proven that 15 seeds have gone a little bit stronger in the last 10, the last decade or so of tournaments because they're figuring their way to win some games. Six of those 10 losses have come in the past 10 tournaments. Now, three versus 14 seeds, 85.1% for the three seeds to win. They're 19 and one in the past five tournaments. So when we get to my bracket uh, tournament lookout, it's like, man, there is a couple teams where I think that they could fall three versus 14, but it just doesn't make sense to pick them right there. So that's why I just, I'm not there. Now, four versus 13 seeds are different. They're 12 of 12 of the 16 matchups in the past four tournaments have been decided by single digits, including all four last year. So this is where you can see some more upsets. Usually the five versus 12 have been the prime ones, but I think four versus 13 is a very good upset alert teams this season, where I think you can see a little bit more 13 seeds maybe moving on than the 12s. Now, 5 versus 12, at least one 12 seed has the uh, has beat the 5 seed in the last 30 in the 32 of 37 tournaments. And two were last season. So at least one 12 seed has beat a 5 seed in the 32 of the 37 tournaments. So only five tournaments has there not been a 12 seed upset a 5 seed. So that's why you see a lot of 5 versus 12 get picked for the upset. Now, 6 versus 11, since 2014, the 11 seed has won 14 of the 24 matchups against the 6 seed. Six seeds have only won three of four or better of these matchups once. So right there, there there shows you right there, you really don't want to pick all four six seeds to win, and you really don't want to pick three of the six seeds to win because it's just not been there. Seven versus ten. Seven versus ten and eight versus nine are so hard to pick because I I really think the seven versus ten is really just a better eight-nine matchup in a sense. And I think they're really similar to each other still. But seven seeds have won 60.5% of the meetings in the past four seasons. Eight of the 15 meetings have been decided by five or fewer points with four overtimes. And let me tell you, there's some really good seven versus ten matchups this season, this tournament. And then you move on to the eight, nine, nine seeds, eight versus nine seeds. And the nine seeds have won 11 of the 16 meetings in the past four tournaments. So the nine seed has looked really good going into these matchups. And now it's time for the granddaddy of them all. The moment you've been waiting for, folks, it's time to get into the tournament bracket, my tournament bracket. And, you know, we're going to have to start with the first four, the first four, which include two 
games against the 16 seeds, which I still do not like, okay? As much as I, I get the analytics with it because, okay, you get the 16 seeds to play in the first four, you get them to get some more money, more recognition, but I wish these eight games that happen, excuse me, these first four games, these eight teams that play, but there's four games, two tonight and two tomorrow night before the tournament really begins. I wish these eight teams were all at large bids from big schools because I don't like seeing these small schools not get a chance to even get to the tournament. They get to go to Dayton and then they lose. So that's that, that stinks for me in a perspective like that, but I also get why they do it because, okay, these 16 seeds also get the recognition and can bring in a little bit more money with playing two games because you win this one and then you get to play again against the one seeds. So let's start with the first game tonight. It's the 16 seeded Texas A&M Corpus Crispy. Corpus Christi, not crispy. I wish it was crispy. It's Christy, folks. Texas A&M Corpus Christi versus 16 seeded also Southeast Missouri State. SEMO, baby. So, it, obviously, they're from Missouri. Uh, it's crazy, right? I know. Now, for A&M Corpus Christi, that's their second tournament appearance. And then you have Taryn Murdix, who averages 5.4 assists per game, and he leads the Southland uh, Conference, which is obviously where Texas A&M Corpus Christi is from. Now for SEMO, second tournament appearance, and it's the first one since 2000. Their only other time in the tournament was in 2000. That was the year I was born, folks, so it's been a very long time for them to come. Now listen to this. They average 75.1 possessions per game, which is the second fastest pace in Division One. So they're going to get up and down this court. They're going to play with a lot of uh, pace. They're going to try to get some points up the board, and they're not obviously going to score all the time. It's going to be a very good game, and if I had to pick one, I really want to pick Southeast Missouri State, but I'm actually going to pick A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, Corpus Christi actually is 23 and 10. Southeast Missouri State is 19 and 16. So it's 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 really showing who's the better team with the record-wise, but you you never know in tournament time. And remember, Simo got real hot late. They were the five seed in their tournament, and they won their tournament, and that's why they're sitting at the 16 seed. Now, moving on to the second game tonight, which is going to be a very, very different game than what you're going to see in the first one. The first one, I see more of a high-scoring game. This one is going to be more, I think, defensive-oriented. You have the 11 seed Mississippi State versus 11 seeded Pittsburgh. Mississippi State's last tournament win was in 2008, and we're going to get into a lot of these last-win tournament teams but last time Mississippi State won a tournament game was in 2008, folks. And here's the thing that really scares me about this team. They're from the SEC. It's not that part. It's this part. Their worst three-point field goal percentage in Division One. They shoot the three-point ball at a 26.6% clip. They rely heavily on their defense and their two-point shooting, not their three-pointer. So if Pittsburgh can get going with their three-pointers, I think it's going to be really hard for Mississippi State to stay in the game. And really, Pittsburgh, all you have to do is defend the inside and make them shoot the ball. Make them make the jump shots because that's when they are at their worst is when you force them to make their jump shots. So I think Pittsburgh needs to do that, and that's why I think it's going to be a very low-scoring, defensive-oriented game. Now, for Pittsburgh, it's their first tournament appearance. This is their first tournament appearance since 2016, and then their 22 wins are the most since their winnings streak going on in the 2013-2014 uh, where they won 26 games. So they still need four more wins to even tie that. I don't see that happening. But Pitt does give Mississippi State a, a chance and a big problem here. I, I really 
want to pick Pittsburgh here, but I'm actually going to pick State. I think their defense is good enough to get them a win. Mississippi State is 21 and 12. Pittsburgh is 22 and 11. So they're really even. I'm just going to pick State. It might be because I'm from an SEC, but I think Mississippi State's defense is really good, and I think they can make some problems and get some fast break points against Pittsburgh. Moving on to tomorrow night's matchups because those two games happen tomorrow night. And this is going to be interesting. The first game up is another 16-seeded. It's 16-seeded Texas Southern versus number 16-seed Fairly Dickinson, boys. Fairly Dickinson, guys. Now, both these teams, it's funny how they got here, okay? Let's start with Texas Southern. Texas Southern, first off, is 0-8 all-time in the round of 64, including last year when they got blown out. Now, here's the other thing. They have 20 losses, folks. They have 20 losses on their record. They are 14-20. and 20. Now, 20 losses is tied for the most ever by an NCAA tournament team. So, Texas Southern gets to the tournament because they won their, uh, obviously, they won their conference tournament, but they literally were the nine seed, and they got in. So, look at that. Look how it changes from there. Now, for, for, uh, for Dick, oh my gosh, Dickinson, it's even more crazier because they weren't supposed to make it. It's it's funny because they play in the conference, the Northeast Conference. That's what conference they play in. And they get in because the conference tournament champs cannot get in because of the NCAA rules of being a four-year uh, school. The team that they beat hasn't been in the NCAA for four years long enough to make the tournament, to get to play in postseason play for the tournament, so they can't go, and that gives it to... Uh, Dickinson because Dickinson was the uh, two seed and so they got to the championship game and they get to go on so even if they would have lost the championship game which they did they uh, they don't even get to yeah they don't even get to uh, play in the game it's crazy literally Dickinson didn't have to really do anything in the championship game because they had already made the tournament they lost into the champion they lost the championship game but still get to go on to the tournament because of who they were playing. Crazy, right? Now, Northeast Conference is 0-31 all-time in the round of 64. Now, here's the thing about about the, about the this team, man. They press at the highest rate in Division One at 54%, folks. They will press this team. Te- they were gonna, they're going to press Texas Southern tremendously, and they're going to try to cause turnovers, okay? That's what it's going to go down to. That's what's going to happen, all right? They're going to press. It's going to be press, 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 press. We'll see what happens there, but I, I actually really like to see FDU, uh, Fairly Dickinson, move on and get into the real round of uh, 64. Now, moving on to the second and last game of the first four, it'll be Arizona State versus Nevada. And I don't know how Nevada got in, and I don't want to talk about how Nevada got in. I thought Rutgers was going to get an over them, and it didn't happen. That's fine. Arizona State's going to win. I've already said that. I, I mean, I'm already telling you before I even make the pick, Arizona State's winning this game. They last reached the round of 32 in 2009 was Arizona State. They're 14-0 when allowing 64 points or fewer. They rely heavily on their defense, but they can make some jump shots too, folks. So they rely heavily on their defense. And then Nevada lost to a double-digit seed in the last two tournament appearances. And guess what? If they lose to Arizona State, it's a double-digit seeded again. And it enters the tournament on a three-game losing streak. Listen, the Mountain West I don't trust much at all, period, just because of the conference. In itself, and I don't trust Nevada, so I'm taking Arizona State to win that game. Pretty, I think it's, I think it'll be close, but it won't be like nail biting close. I feel like if any game is going to be close, nail biting close with the 11 seeds, it's going to be tonight's game, Mississippi State versus Pittsburgh. I don't see that happening with Arizona State versus Nevada. Now let's get into the round of 64. 
where we have. We're going to start with the South, which is obviously where the number one seed, which is Alabama, the one overall number one seed. Alabama will play the winner of the A&M Corp- Corpus Christi versus SEMO. Obviously, I said I think Corpus Christi is going to win. I'm actually rooting for SEMO, but I'm going with my my better judgment and going with Cor- Corpus Christi. I think they will face Alabama. And what's it really matter, guys? Alabama's going to win this game. They're the one. They're the one seed for the first time in school history, and then you have Brandon Miller, folks, who's a projected top five pick in the NBA draft. He's a he's in a monster, guys. He's a monster. He plays well. And when we get later on into this uh, tournament and my predictions, I'll tell you why I really like Alabama this season more than I would and like other seasons with no one, number one seeds. I will give you more info on that later. But there's a reason I'm actually going to keep high on Alabama this this tournament. Moving on to the 8-9 matchup in the South, you got Maryland versus West Virginia. Maryland is 14-1 and in the round of 64. Now, that that's that's a good thing for you guys at Maryland, folks, if you're rooting for Maryland. Here's the problem, though. They've lost 11 of 13 road or neutral site games this season. <laughs> yeah, that's not good because if you really want to know something that's really bad about that is Maryland is 21-12. and They've lost 11 of their 13, which means they've only lost one home game and the rest were on the road. And this is a neutral site, folks. So this is very scary if you're really a Maryland fan because you're playing in Birmingham too, folks. You're in Birmingham. So my my edge is going to West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia has Bob Huggins, 26th NCAA tournament appearance, which is tied 8th most for coaches. And here's the thing. They've got to score more than 75 points. They're 2-11 and 11 when scoring fewer than 75 points. So if they get over the 75 hump, I really think... It's going to be a West Virginia win. I still think West Virginia is going to win this game, and that's why I have West Virginia moving on to play Alabama. Now moving on to the 5-12 matchup, folks. It's San Diego State versus the College of Charleston, and this is probably where a lot of people are going to pick the 12 over 5, but I'm not. I'm staying away from this one. There was a lot of people who I think last year was thinking, okay, the 5 seeded Iowa is going to go far, and they didn't. I think this is this is where it's too obvious. This is to me. This is where I think people are going to be too obvious with it, and they're going to pick uh, Charleston to win. I'm not. I'm not on that bandwagon. And I just talked about the Mountain West being bad. I think San Diego State is like the one place where you pause and say, "Man, they're a really good team." I think San Diego State has a really good team this year, and they have a lot of leadership on their team. San Diego State has reached four of the last five tournaments. They're eight and one in games decided by five or fewer points. Not only do they have leadership on their team, do San Diego State, the Aztecs, I should say, they also know how to win close games, and that's why I think San Diego State can pull this one off. Now, the College of Charleston, which is a colonial school, they are 0-9 in the round of 64 since 2013, but now they have 31 wins this season, which is tied for the most in Division One. So they do know how to pick up wins. They know how to play well. They are tied with Houston for the most wins in Division One. And so as much as I want to pick the 12 over 5 here, I'm not. I'm going with the Aztecs of San Diego State to move on. Moving on to Virginia versus Furman. The 4 versus 13. I already talked about this a little bit. I thought there was a lot of chances here for upsets with the 4 versus 13, and this is one of them, folks. Virginia, zero tournament wins since the 2019 title. So, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. They haven't won a game in the tournament since 2019. They allow 8.1 points points per game off turnovers. So they might turn over the ball a little bit, but they don't give up many points off of it. 8.1 is the fewest in Division One. But here's the thing. I like Furman a lot because not only 
do they have 20 win, 27 wins this season, which is a school record for them. They have a lot of leadership. They brought a lot a, a lot of their players back from last year, which if you remember, they could have won and been in the tournament last year, but guess what? They lost on a buzzer beater to Chattanooga in the tournament championship game, and they didn't get to make it. This is the first tournament appearance since 1980, and I don't think they're going home after one game. I think they're going to move on, and they're going to face San Diego State. Now, moving on to the 6 versus 11, you got Crane versus North Carolina State. We talked a lot about how you don't want to pick too many 6s and 11s, but here's 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 something, man. Crane, I, I told you this at the beginning, early on, with my college basketball predictions. I love Crane. I'm not going to back away from it. I love Crane. I think Crane is a really good team, and I think Crane can make a run in this tournament. They're 21-12, and 12, but you got to also realize they had a lot of injuries early on, and that's what set them back. Crane has reached five of the last six tournaments, and all five starters are averaging 10-plus points per game. That is insane. Now, North Carolina State, I will give them props. Their, they, their last win in the tournament was in 2015, and one of 10, they are one of 10 schools with two players averaging 17 points per game. They also have a point guard that is going to be a pro. In the next level, he's going to be an NBA pro. And so that does scare me with North Carolina State. I thought they were going to be playing in the play-in games, and they're not. But I like I like Crane to move on. Crane's going to move on, folks. I think Crane will move on. Now, who will Crane face? you got number three, Baylor, versus number 14, UC Santa Barbara. Baylor reached eight of the last nine tournaments, led the Big 12 in offense efficiency, but they were last in the defense efficiency category. So there's something there. Like I said, the South is really full of offense. The South is full of offensive phenoms. I like Baylor's offense. Their defense can be skeptical, but I don't think it's going to be a problem against UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara is 0-4 in tournaments this century. Now, uh, A.J. Mitchell who averages 20 points per game in the last seven games, and guess what? They're 7-0 in those games. I think Baylor's backcourt, their young guards can play well. I think they move on past this round. I have Crane versus Baylor. And then you move to the bottom part of this bracket. You have Missouri, the 7 seed, facing 10 seeded Utah State, the Aggies. The Tigers versus the Aggies. And this this is this is a weird one. Obviously, you all know I'm a huge Mizzou fan. I love the Tigers. Now, Mizzou has not won a tournament game since 2010. Ah, it's been brutal. It's been brutal. Dennis Gates has them on the right project trajectory. Now, here's the thing. Mizzou averages 19.8 points per game off turnovers. That's fifth in Division One. I like Missouri's offense a lot. Des Moines Hodge, Kobe Brown. Kobe Brown's a mismatch nightmare for anyone. And I really do like what Des Moines Hodge has been doing. And I really also think that Nick Honor has found his groove of late in the season. Now you go on to Utah State. They've lost 18 of 19 tournament games. But they, <laughs> this is insane, folks. They average a field goal percentage of 39.3% from three-point range. That's fifth in Division One. This game right here is much-watched TV Thursday, and it's an early game. It's a 12:40 tip-off. This game is going to be much-watched. The over-under, I believe, right now is set at about 150. That's how high it's going to be. It's going to be a high-scoring basketball game. There's not going to be much defense, and I think the key to this game is going to be Kobe Brown from Missouri, and I have Missouri moving on to face the winner of Arizona versus Princeton, the two-seeded versus 15 seed. I think Missouri really can pull this one off, even though it wouldn't be an upset. They're, they're, not, they're not favored in this game, but seed-wise, it wouldn't be an upset, but if you're betting, it would. Now you have number two, Arizona, facing number 15, Princeton. Princeton, oh my. 
Arizona last reached the Final Four in 2001. We also talked about how Arizona was the last team to win the title from the Mountain or Pacific time zone. Uh, Azulis Tubeli's 19.8 point per eight, 19.8 points per game led the Pac-12 for Arizona. He led the Pac-12, but he also leads Arizona. Obviously, Arizona is going to be a very, very hard out. Now, Princeton is 0-4 in tournament games this century, and it allows 7.1 second chance points per game. That's seventh best in Division One. So it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. You're not gonna get many. They're gonna. I think Arizona is gonna do a lot of good things on getting second chance points here, and I think that's why you've got to really limit that out there. So that's where I think that could go into a problem for them. Now let's let's recap. Let's get through the South because now you have Bama. You have Alabama versus West Virginia. I have Alabama winning that. Facing the winner of San Diego State versus Furman, I'll have San Diego State moving on to face the Alabama Crimson Tide in the Sweet 16. Creighton versus Baylor. I will take Creighton over the three-seeded Baylor, so the six over the three right there. And then this game right here, tricky game for Arizona no matter who they face. Even if it's Utah, Utah State, I wouldn't be surprised. Missouri versus Arizona. I do have Arizona winning, but here's the thing. Arizona doesn't have a really good backcourt. They obviously have the size inside, which is going to be very bad for Mizzou if Mizzou plays Arizona. But if you take Utah State and you play plug them in over Missouri and they play, play Arizona, I think both these teams, San Diego State, or excuse me, Utah State and Missouri, have a legitimate shot at beating Arizona because of the way they play the game. You don't you you don't slow Arizona down. You play at their pace, but you make the shots. And that backcourt for Arizona is very inconsistent. I'm taking Arizona over Missouri here because I don't like the size mismatch for Missouri. Now the thing with Missouri is, is if you put Kobe Brown at your five, then you're going to have some big problems for Arizona because Arizona are they going to come out to guard Kobe or are they going to let Kobe shoot? So if you play Kobe at the five, you got the mismatch on offense, but then Arizona has the mismatch of themselves on the offensive side. So that's where I just I, I take Arizona because I think Arizona is just the better the better team right there. Then in the Sweet 16, Alabama versus San Diego State, I have Alabama moving on to the Elite Eight which then I have Creighton, the sixth seed, versus Arizona, the two seed, and give me Creighton to make it to the Elite Eight. All righty. Now let's move on to the South. Excuse me, not the South, the Midwest. Well, let's move on to the Midwest here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each bracket, get them down to the Elite Eight, and then from there we'll move on, okay? Here we go. Midwest, you have the number one seeded Houston Cougars versus the 16th seeded Northern Kentucky Northern Kentucky, folks, from the Horizon League, okay? Houston is the number one seed for the first time since 1983. They allowed 56.5 points per game, second fewest in Division One. So they are a very good defense team. I love the link of Houston, and they did lose in the American Conference Championship to Memphis. So, hey, that's going for them as well. Now, for UNK, they are... They are in the Horizon League. Like I said, they, the Horizon League is 0-10 in the round of 64 since 2012, though. That's not good. The other thing is, is they have a really good defense as well. 9.4 steals per game, tied for 7th in Division One. So, they know how to get some steals. I think this game is going to be a little bit lower scoring for both teams, but I do think Houston wins, obviously. Give me Houston to move on. Come on. Not going to go there. Now, number 8 seeded Iowa versus number 9 seeded Auburn here. I've already picked one nine seed. Why don't I do it again? Give me Auburn to win over Iowa just because Iowa is inconsistent once again, but they also just don't shoot the ball well. The last time they reached the Sweet 16 was in 1999. Now, the one thing they do have going for them is Auburn's really heavy on their defensive side, 
and they've been on a streaky stretch, Auburn has, but Iowa has got a 1.7 assist to turnover ratio, which is third best in Division One. so they do not turn the ball over much, and they make great assists. So there you go. Now, Auburn is 10-0 all-time in the round of 64, but they've lost nine of their last 13 games after starting 16-3. and So they have not looked good in the last 13 games, and they started really hot. So can they find their groove back again? I think they do. I think Bruce Pearl finds a way and gets them to win. Plus, they're playing, folks, they're playing in Birmingham, which is about two hours away from their campus. So if they get to play Houston, they almost have almost a home court advantage right there. Now, moving on to a 5-12 matchup here, folks. Another one that's going to be heavily, I think, favorably, heavily favored right there, folks. 5-seeded Miami versus 12-seeded Drake. Miami reached the Elite Eight for the first time ever in 2022. Wow, that was last year, JT. Crazy, right? Led the ACC in points per game, field goal percentage, and offense efficiency. But the problem with them right now is they have a little bit of injuries. And for anyone that's listening and has made it this far, I'm going off of teams being fully healthy. Miami's definitely not going to be fully healthy. They're going to miss some key stars. And I just don't think Drake's a really good matchup for Miami. I think Drake is really good at what they do. And I think that's why Drake actually pulls off this 12-5 upset. Drake is the third uh, in their third tournament appearance in the last 50 years. And then Tucker DeVries, 19 points per game, which is second in the Mi- Missouri Valley Conference, the MVC. And listen, the MVC is no joke, folks. MVC has got some ballers out there, all right? Wichita State used to be in that conference. So you got to think about that. You have Chicago, uh, Loyola Chicago who was in there. So, yeah, you want to talk about Cinderella runs? Yeah, Loyola Chicago was in there, and they made some runs. And that's why I think. And guess who beat? Guess who Loyola Chicago beat in the first round, folks? Miami. I mean, it just lines up. Give me Drake over Miami. Okay, thank you. Now, Indiana versus Kent State, the 4 versus 13. Another one where I could see the 13 seed actually pulling this off. Indiana last reached the round of 32 in 2016 when they actually went to the Sweet 16. Now, here's another thing. Trace Jackson Davis, baby. Trace J.D. He is the third. He has the third most points in Indiana history with 2,211. And I think he's right up there with Zach E.D. on who should be the player of the year. Obviously, it's going to go to E.D., but, man, Trace Jackson Davis has been a baller for Indiana. Kent State is 0-3 since the Final Four run they made in 2002. So if you didn't know that, Kent State has made it to the Final Four. That's more Final Four appearances than Missouri has made. I just dissed my own favorite team. That's how it is, boys. Malik Jacobs has 2.7 steals per game, which is second in Division One. So he has his hands going, and he will try to get some steals. I think Indiana runs through Chase Jackson Davis, and I think Indiana barely squeaks by Kent State and moves on. Then you have the six-seeded Iowa State versus the winner of the Mississippi State versus Pitt game, which I've already said. I think it's going to be Mississippi State. And this is where Mississippi State ends their season because as much as you can do so much on defense, Iowa State is defensive heavy too, and they can hit threes. Iowa State has never reached the Sweet 16 in back-to-back years, so obviously they made it last year. And then allowing only 19.9 points in the paint, so second fewest in Division One. So it's just a very bad matchup for Mississippi State. Mississippi State can't shoot the ball from three, and then... Iowa State's so good at defense as well, and so they clog up the paint. So it's just a bad matchup for Mississippi State. Give me Iowa to win that game. Moving on to the 3 versus 14 seed, Xavier versus Kinsaw State. Xavier's first appearance since 2018. They're assisting on, they assist on 64% of their field goals, 7th in Division One. Kinsaw State's first tournament appearance ever, and they've won 16 of their last 18. I love the story of Kinsaw State, and I think if they had another, if they had a better matchup, honestly, I think I might have taken 
Kinsol State, but I can't take Kinsol State here, folks. I can't do it. Cannot do it. And then we move on to one of the most shocking things I've ever going to have to say, folks. Seven seed at Texas A&M. I am, I, I, I am befuddled by how Texas A&M is a seven seed. And not only that, they get to play one of the other hottest teams in college basketball in the 10-seeded Penn State Nittany Lions. So the Aggies of Texas A&M go up against the Nittany Lions of Penn State. A&M's first appearance since 2018, 25.3 free throw attempts per game, which is most in Division One. This is Penn State's first appearance since 2011, 9.0, excuse me, why did I say 9.0? <laughs> Nine turnovers per game, fourth fewest in Division One. So here's the thing. Penn State don't turn the ball over a lot. A&M is really good on the defensive side. They really wreck uh, their defense. They really tone in on their defense. And I, 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 as much as I think Penn State is going to win this game, I can't do it. I cannot do it for the life of me, folks. Just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm taking A&M to win. I think A&M is going to come with a chip on their shoulder. They know they deserved a better seating than a seven. They're going to come in and do it. And I know why the NCAA did this. They were like, oh my gosh, if we put Texas A&M as the seventh seed here, we can play them against Texas in the second round. And that's what they did. And that's what they're going to get, okay? I'm sorry, Colgate. And if you didn't know, Texas is the two seed right here against Colgate. The winner of this gets Texas A&M. And as much as I think I love Colgate, I love Colgate. I think Colgate is such a good team. They can't beat Texas. Texas is so hot right now. Uh, last Texas last reached the Sweet 16 in 2008. They lead the Big 12 in points per game and field goal percentage. Points per game is 77.9, so almost 78%. And then a field goal percentage of 46.8. So they shoot the ball lights out. Colgate, on the other hand, is 0-5 all-time in the tournament. And the one thing they do have going for them is their three-point shooting. 40.7 three-point field goal percentage from behind the arc. It's best in Division One. And as much as I want to pick Colgate, I can't. I think Texas is going to tone in and make sure that they make Colgate shoot contested threes or settle for the twos, and I don't think Colgate's going to do it. And that's why I have the Longhorns facing the Aggies in the second round. So moving up, we have the one-seeded Houston versus the nine-seeded Auburn Tigers. And it's crazy. Auburn's going to have the home field, home court really, because they're playing in Birmingham. Birmingham, I almost want to pick Auburn here, but I'm not. I want to take Houston. Then we have Drake versus Indiana. And Indiana gets very closely by Kent State, and they play Drake. And guess what? Drake wins. I have the 12-seeded Drake going on and facing Houston. I know, crazy. Down below on the lower side of this bracket, Iowa State or uh, Iowa State versus Xavier. I have Xavier moving on to face the winner of the A&M versus Texas game. And I'm so close to picking Texas A&M here, but I'm not. I'm taking Texas over them. So I have Houston versus Texas in my Elite Eight for the Battle of the Midwest. Now moving on to the west side of the region, the west region, and another team that really got screwed in this is Kansas. I don't know how they thought that Houston was better than Kansas and gave Houston the Midwest and gave Kansas the West, but I guess that's just one thing the NCAA really lacks on. So the two teams I think that really got really screwed on were Texas A&M, being a seven seed in Kansas, not getting the Midwest, it just befuddled me. I was shocked. I was, I was, it was, it was bad. It's bad. And the one that really just hurt the most is I think it hurt Texas A&M because not only does it hurt Texas A&M, it hurts Penn State too. So with the location for Kansas, it really doesn't hurt. Kansas gets to play the 16 seeded Howard, the Fighting Bison's folks. I love that name. 
KU, excuse me, Kansas, Division One record, 33rd, 33rd straight appearance in the tournament. And then you have Jalen Wilson, who was the Big 12 uh, Player of the Year, averaging 21.1 points per game. Now, Howard, it's their first appearance since 1992, and their problem is their turnovers. They average 16.3 turnovers per game, which is the third most in Division One, folks. So Kansas is going to have a heyday here, and I think Kansas is really going to put it on Howard. I would say Kansas wins by 25 points here. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more, but I'm giving them the courtesy Howard is. I'm giving Howard courtesy here and saying they only lose by 25. But the matchup, another great matchup, another great matchup here. Arkansas versus Illinois, folks. Eight Arkansas versus nine-seeded Illinois. Arkansas seeking their third straight Elite Eight. They have two projected lottery picks in Smith and Black. That's going to be a great game here, I think. Illinois, last time reaching the Sweet 16, was in 2005, and they averaged 5.7 blocks per game, which is second in Division One. I've been picking the nine seeds a lot, but I'm going with the eight seed here. I think Arkansas moves on. Arkansas has been battle-tested. They've played decent down the stretch. You can say they've been very inconsistent, but I think I think the must-bus is going to have them ready to go, and I think Arkansas is going to come out firing, and I think Arkansas moves on to play Kansas in the round of 32. Moving on to the 5 seed at St. Mary's versus the 12 seed VCU. I love VCU, so I'm picking VCU. Another 12-5 upset right there, folks. St. Mary's last time reaching the Sweet 16 was in 2010. They average, uh, si- they average 60.1 points per game, which is the fifth fewest in Division One. so they rely on their defense, and I don't think that's going to work for VCU. VCU has reached the 10 of the last 12 tournaments. They're seventh in defense efficiency in Division One, So their defense is going to be great. This game right here is probably going to be the first 250 to win this game. I don't think it's going to get above 55. And so that's why I actually, I don't think it's going to get above 60. It's the first of 50, but free throws will come into this other uh, thing, but no one's going to get above 60. I like VCU to move on and win. They face, VCU will face the winner of UConn versus Iona. What a matchup here, right? Iona, Patino. I mean, there's talk he's going to go to the Big East, and guess what? He's facing a Big East team in UConn. If it was any other, any other, I thought I thought really Iona was going to get a 12, and instead they get a 13, and you really give them probably the toughest four seed in UConn. I mean, if you give them Tennessee, I like Iona. If you give them Virginia, I like Iona. If you give them Indiana, I might. I, I probably pick Iona, but you give them UConn. I can't pick. I can't pick Iona. Give me UConn. I love UConn. UConn is 0-2 in the tournament under Dan Hurley. Guess what? Hurley's getting his first win for UConn in the tournament. But they also have the highest offensive rebound in def- uh, Division One at 39%. Iona is 0-14 all-time in the tournament, and they block 10% of the opponent's shots, which is second in Division One. But I like UConn a lot. I think UConn is poised for a big run in this tournament, and I think it starts with beating Iona. Moving on to the lower part of this bracket, you have TCU facing the winner of the Arizona State versus Nevada game. I've been tempted to take Arizona State here, but I can't. I can't. TCU's second straight tournament appearance, and they average 20.6 transition points per game, which is the most in Division One. I. I almost want to pick Arizona State because think about it. The reason you you pick one of these 11s that play in the first couple game, uh, the first four is because they get the momentum. They've already played a game, so they got into a group. And this is the one where I could see Arizona State winning. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State won this game, but I'm picking TCU to win just because I think TCU plays in the Big 12. They beat K-State. It might have been because K-State's overrated. I don't know, but I like TCU to win. They'll face the winner of the Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon game. I mean, Grand Canyon, guys. Um, 
they're called the Lopes. What what a name. The Lopes? I mean, dude, amazing. Um, but I like Gonzaga a lot. Gonzaga has been battle tested. Most teams are like, oh my gosh, Gonzaga's not been battle tested going into the tournament. This year they've been battle tested and they've prevailed. I like Gonzaga a lot this season. They're twenty eight and five and they've been battle tested. Like I said, six straight uh, tournament appearances as a top four seed for Gonzaga. They forty three points per game is uh, the most in uh, Division One. They only give up around forty three points per game. So there's that for you. And then on to the GCU side, second appearance ever, 2021 was their first. And then you have Sean Harrison, 22.3 points per game in the last six games. And guess what? They're 6-0 in those games. So obviously, Gonzaga is going to be right on there for Sean Harris. And I think I think it's Drew Timmy time. I think Drew Timmy shows up, plays well. Gonzaga wins and faces TCU. Moving on to the bottom part, it's number 7, Northwestern versus number 10, Boise State. And if... Uh, my girlfriend Haley is listening, or her mom, uh, Lulu. First off, shout out to you two. Um, but second off, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to your team. I know you went there, Lulu, to Northwestern, um, so you're a wildcat. But I, I can't pick them. I think Boise State wins this game. Boise State is 0-8 all-time in the tournament, but they have five, player, five players averaging 10-plus points per game, while Northwestern is, the second, is their second-ever appearance in the tournament. The first was in 2017, but they have the worst field goal percentage in the Big Ten at 40.6. So that's why I like Boise State to win. They have five players that average 10-plus points. Plus, Northwestern hasn't looked too good of late. I, I just, I'm picking Boise State. Go Broncos. Moving on. Okay. Let's go on to the two-seed versus 15-seed. It's the two-seed at UCLA. Bruins versus the 15-seed UNC Asheville, folks. This game... Man, I, I, I want you to understand this one right here. If there was a two, uh, 15 over two, this is the one. Uh, this right here is the one, folks. UCLA's 50th tournament appearance, fourth most by a college. Uh, Yami, uh, excuse me, Jami, uh, Jami Jacquez, uh, Pac 12 tournament. And it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Uh, he's really good, folks. He's really good. He's been battle tested. He's. He's a senior, so he knows how to play the game. But UNC Ash Asheville boys, big South schools are one in twenty six all time in the round of sixty four. But they have this man called Drew Pember, leads Division one in free throws and f free throws attempt. And let me tell you something, I I, I I almost almost put UNC Asheville on, but I didn't. I gave it to the Bruins. UCLA moves on by their hair of their chinny chin chin, folks. So moving on, we're gonna go through now. On the bottom of the west bracket, you have Kansas versus Arkansas. And as much as I want to pick Arkansas over Kansas, I don't like both teams. I don't like either team. So if both of them could just tie and then not play again, that would be cool. But I think Kansas is going to win. I think Kansas will win this game. VCU versus UConn. Give me UConn to win. Uh, like I said, UConn, I think, is a really good team. And we'll see what happens. TCU versus Gonzaga. I almost literally picked Arizona State over TCU, so duh, I'm picking Gonzaga to win that. Boise State versus UCLA. UCLA gets through this one as well, gets on to play Gonzaga. And then you have Kansas versus UConn. Move on, Huskies. UConn beats the Jayhawks. So Kansas right there could be the first one seed to go down. I think Kansas and Purdue are the most vulnerable one seeds of this moment. Give me UConn to beat Kansas. And then Gonzaga versus UCLA. Give me Gonzaga to move on. So that means I have the three-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs versus the four-seeded UConn Huskies, which means we have a dog battle, folks. A literal dog battle in the Elite Eight. 
for the West region. Now we get to the final region. The final, final region, folks. It's the East region. What a region. It's the East. Okay. One seed at Purdue faces off the winner of Texas Southern versus FDU. Like I said, I'm picking FDU to win. Purdue is the one seed for the first time since 1996, and they have a guy named Zach Eady. If you don't know who Zach Eady is, look him up. He's a giant. He's the favorite to win the Wooden Award, which is pretty much the player of the year for everyone, and I think he deserves it. He will win it. I have Purdue winning their first matchup, obviously, against the 16th seed. Moving on, you have the 8 versus 9, which is a really good... I mean, these 8-9 matchups, man, are really good. You have Memphis versus Florida Atlantic University FAU. Um, they did FAU dirty, man. I thought FAU deserved um, a 10 seed. I wanted them to get a lower seed because then they would have a really better chance, and I get they played well. I mean, they are a reason for being 31-3, and three, so there's that, right? Yeah, 31-3, and three, folks, crazy. Anyway, I have Memphis winning. I, I just like Memphis. They've played well. They have they are peaking at the right time, just won the American Conference, and they put it on Houston, so let's be real. Give it to Memphis to move on. The 5-seeded Duke versus the 12-seed Oral Roberts. Man, I really liked Oral Roberts, too, going into this tournament, but they did not get a good matchup in Duke. Duke is striding and playing hot, just won the tournament. And let's, I mean, let's be real. They're a five seed. It's their lowest seed since 2007 for Duke. And they entered the tournament on a nine-game winning streak, including going through that ACC tournament and winning it all. Now for Oral Roberts, it's a 12 seed, which is the highest since 1984. It may come in on a 17-game winning streak, which is the longest active in Division One. So this game is going to be good. I just think Duke got really, really underseeded. Like, I mean, we want to talk about underseeding. Duke, I thought, was going to be a four. I thought they would get it over Tennessee, and of course they didn't. There's a lot you could pick on on this bracket, but you can't really because of that. But they didn't, and I think Duke is going to roll past Oral Roberts. It's going to be close. It's not going to be like a roll, steamroll, but they're going to get past Oral Roberts. Like, we talked about this, like, earlier on. Iowa got a five seed, right? They played Richmond last year, and everyone was picking Iowa to win because they hit their stride. This is different because, in a sense, I think Iowa was overseeded. Like, they got overseeded because of the hype they were getting because of winning the Big 12 tournament. This one right here feels like they were scared to do the same thing to what happened to Iowa, and so they just put Duke at the 5. And so now you're getting underseeded Duke, which I think is bad because I think Duke was a 4, maybe even a 3, and unlike what Iowa got last year. And so this is where I think people are going to be like, oh, oh, or Roberts. I'm actually more scared that people are going to pick Duke, and so I could see Oral Roberts pulling this off, but I'm picking Duke. Now you have the 4 versus 13, which is going to be Tennessee versus Louisiana. Listen, folks. Listen, folks. Tennessee lost to a lower seed in the last four tournaments. So it's it's on par for them to do it again. And then they have the second best defense efficiency in Division One. But the problem is, is they've lost their best defensive player for the year. He's out. Uh, Ziggler is out. So uh, that is a problem for Tennessee. Now you got Louisiana, who last tournament win was in 1992. Jordan Brown averages 19 points per game, 10 0.8 rebounds per game in the last 10 games. So he is playing phenomenal, Jordan Brown is. Tennessee is not playing very well. Remember, they won one game. They won one game. They beat Mississippi. They beat Ole Miss, excuse me. And then they got to play Missouri, and they didn't beat Missouri in the SEC tournament. Tennessee is not clicking right now. And it looks like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost picking Louisiana here. And so, as much as I want to pick Louisiana here, you know what? I am. I am. I'm scratching what I have on my thing right now. I have Tennessee winning. I'm scratching it. Give me Louisiana to win. It's it, Louisiana is the fate. Like Louisiana has been like one of those picks where you take a Louisiana to win, and I almost won. I'm I'm like I'm up in the air again. 
I have Tennessee on my board, and I want to stick to it. I'm going to stick to it right now. I'm not going to switch because I have a mic in front of me. So it's going to be Duke versus Tennessee, okay? That's what I'm going with. Now, you go to the Kentucky versus Providence game. Kentucky versus Providence, folks. There is a lot of history with this because of some players transferring from Kentucky to Providence last year. They have, so that's that, there's a history because of who is with who right now, and that's why you could see maybe Kentucky f- a falling because Providence wants to beat them because of what happened with their players. There's a player um, from Providence who is on their team, and it's, it's because he was like, I didn't get the respect I wanted from Coach Cal, and that's why he left. Bryce Hopkins literally was on the bench for Kentucky last year, didn't play enough, so he transfers to Providence, and he's been a star for Providence. And then on the other hand, you got Kentucky here. Listen, Kentucky, so inconsistent. Like, they start real bad. They lose to South Carolina at home. Who saw that coming? And then they win a lot, and then they lose. They lost to Vanderbilt at the end of the season, and then they lost to Vanderbilt again. <laughs> like, they lost to Vanderbilt twice, and then Texas a showed Vanderbilt who who really is the top seed for a reason, which Texas a was the two-seed, Alabama was the one-seed in the SEC tournament, but that's here and there. Um, I could see Providence winning this game. I'm going to lean on Coach Cal here. Winning this game, giving me Kentucky to win. The three-seeded Kansas Jayhawks versus the 14 Montana State. This is going to be a good game. I, 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 I think it will be a decent game throughout the game until about the last six minutes, and that's when K-State's going to pull away. K-State is a three-seed, for the fir- uh, which is the highest seed since 2010. Marquise Noel, 7.6 assists per game, is third most in Division One. Montana State is 0-4 all-time in the tournament and has won 13 of the last 14. So like I said, I think it's going to be close until about the six-minute mark, and then K-State's going to pull away. Give me K-State to win. Moving on to the 7-10 matchup, you got Michigan versus USC. Another 7-10 matchup. I've already picked I've already picked one 10 over 7. Do I do another one? We'll find out right here. Michigan State is 25th straight tournament appearance. 39.5 three-point percentage, which is fourth in Division One. USC's third straight tournament appearance. Boogie Ellis is 18 points per game, but he has 24.3 points per game in the last seven games. Here's the thing. USC doesn't really do a lot of things great, but they don't do a lot of things bad. They don't have really good rebounding. That's one thing. And Michigan State just looked awful in the Big uh, Ten tournament. I think I think Tom Izzo is going to have his boys ready and as much as the numbers say you don't pick too many seven seeds to win, I'm picking another seven seed and giving taking Michigan State. Moving on to Marquette versus Vermont. Listen, Shaka Smart has lost seven straight tournament games, 39.2 points per game in the paint is uh, tied for sixth most in Division One, so they're going to go to the paint. And then Vermont has reached three of the four last tournaments, and they're on a 15-game winning streak. As much as I, 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 like I said, as much as I love UNC Asheville over UCLA, I don't like this one at all. Marquette, I think, is going to win. I think Marquette is strong, and I think they pull off the win over Vermont. And so that leads us to the round of 32, Purdue versus Memphis. Memphis is going to give Purdue a lot to handle, and I think Purdue squeaks by Memphis. Drake versus Tennessee, or Drake, Duke versus Tennessee. Give me Duke to win that game. Kentucky versus K-State. I think I see a lot of people taking a Wildcat here. That's crazy. I wonder what Wildcat they're taking, right? No, I'm picking K-State to win. Uh, Michigan State versus Marquette. I like Marquette to win that game as well. So that leads us to Purdue versus Duke, and I think this is where Purdue runs out of gas too and give it to Duke. I think Duke can play with Zach Eady. I don't know if they're going to limit him enough, 
Like they're going to limit him totally, but they're going to limit him enough where they can win. And then K-State versus Marquette. I have K-State winning, folks. I know, crazy, right? So that means you have the five-seeded Duke Blue Devils versus the three-seeded K-State Wildcats. And so now we're on to the Elite Eight. And we'll start back up in the South where we have Alabama versus Creighton. Winner to the Final Four. Winner to Houston. I have Alabama beating Crane. I think this is where the run wins. I said my Final Four team was Crane, and it just doesn't work out. They got put in a tough bracket for the one seed. If it was another bracket, I think they could get there. Not with Alabama. I think Alabama is rolling. Then we'll go over to the Midwest, where you have Houston versus Texas. And I don't know. I, I feel like Texas is hitting strides. And... uh. I'll get back into this reason for a minute, but I have Texas beating Houston. I know, we're crazy. That means I have a one seed from the South getting there, the number one overall seed, Alabama. Then I have the two-seeded Texas getting there. Who do I have down below in the West? It's UConn versus Gonzaga. I'm taking UConn. Give me the Huskies to win that game. So that means I have a four seed now. And then... Going on from the East, I have the Duke Blue Devils beating the Kansas State J. Kansas fans are going to kick me in the butt. The K State Kansas State Wildcats are going to lose to the Duke Blue Devils. So that means my final four is the one seed Alabama coming out of the South, the two seed Texas Longhorns coming out of the Midwest, the four seeded Yukon Huskies coming out of the West, and the five seed Duke Blue Devils. Coming out of the East. Now, Alabama and Texas both have faced adversity. And you could even say Duke has faced adversity. Think about it. Obviously, we know the Alabama situation. But Texas had Chris Beard. And that situation happened early on in the season. Duke had a lot of freshmen. Everyone was like, oh, this ain't the right Duke team. They faced adversity. Now, UConn, on the other hand, hasn't really faced that much adversity. They just have a really good roster. Coming out from the Alabama-Duke game, I have Alabama winning that game. Coming out from the Texas versus UConn game, I have UConn beating Texas. That means the matchup will be a one seed versus a four seed, and I I, I really think it could happen right here, folks. I really think this could be your, your title matchup, Alabama versus UConn. I think UConn got a really nice bracket with Kansas being the one seed, UCLA being the two seed, the three seed being Gonzaga, that's going to be your toughest battle. But, I mean, when you're up on the top and you have Kansas, who has to play Arkansas first, I mean, UConn gets it easy because you beat you beat Iona, then you play VCU or St. Mary's, and then you have to face either Kansas, Arkansas, or Illinois. I just think UConn got a really nice draw here, and I, that's why I like UConn to get this far, and that's why I have UConn in the championship game. But in of itself, I think the best player in college basketball with the best team wins this game, and that's Alabama, folks. Alabama wins this game. That's right. Alabama is your national champions. They face so much adversity. They play tough. They have so much length. Their 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 strength is their strength is their length, folks. They're so tall, and they play really tight defense. And when they're hitting their shots, man, think about this. They were not shooting the ball really well at all against Missouri on Saturday in the semifinals in the SEC tournament. And then around the, say, eight-minute mark of the final eight minutes of the game, they started hitting their threes, and guess what? They won by double digits still, folks. That's how good Alabama is. That's why I have Alabama winning the whole thing. But uh, just, I'm telling you, there's one team you don't want to really sleep on that could maybe do some crazy damage. 
And I think that's Drake. I think that's Drake, folks. I think Drake can really do some damage up in the Midwest, especially, especially if Auburn beats Houston and Birmingham. I don't see it happening, but I do see Drake getting to the Sweet 16 to face Houston. I think Drake is really good, and I think they got a favorable matchup against Miami and then having to face either Indiana or Kent State. That's why I like Drake a lot. That's one of the upset things, and do not, and do not be scared to take Crane over Arizona. I think Crane is so good. Do not be afraid to do it. The one team that I am very, very scared to put all my marbles into is Duke. That is that is true. Duke is a freshman team, and, I mean, it's scary, but they did get a favorable matchup against Tennessee. If they get past Oral Roberts, I think they can beat Tennessee or Louisiana, and I, I, I Purdue I just think is beatable. I think Purdue is vulnerable, and I, that's why I think I think the winner of the Duke versus Tennessee slash Louisiana game gets past Purdue, but I'm putting my marbles in Duke, and I think Duke can do it. K-State's another one that you would be scared to take. I can see why people would be scared to take because obviously they just lost to TCU in their first game of the Big 12 tournament, but I think K-State can do something. I like I like what they've done over there in Manhattan. And it's just going to be a fun tournament, man. I, I This is another, this is a bracket right here where you could see a one seed going down. I mean, thinking about it, I really, I think if Purdue got faced up against either Northern Kentucky, especially if they got faced up against Northern Kentucky or A&M Corp, uh, Corpus Christi, I think Purdue would have lost. But instead, they got Texas Southern and FDU. And if Texas Southern wins, dude, I'll be so upset because... There's no way, man. No way. Texas Southern 14 and 20. That can't happen, right? It can. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. The most vulnerable one seed is Purdue. That's when fully healthy. Now, say you don't get uh, McCullers for Kansas, then Kansas is the most vulnerable. Obviously, if Houston doesn't have Sasser, then it's Houston. The one team right now that is hitting their strides as a one seed, it's Alabama, right? Okay. That's why UCLA is vulnerable because they are not healthy. Marquette is fine. Arizona, fine. Texas, fine. But the teams right now that are most vulnerable are the one seeds because of the, the injury problem. You have Houston with Sasser. You have Kansas with McCullers. And then you also have Purdue, who is just vulnerable because they're Purdue and they played in the Big Ten, okay? That's why I'm saying it. And Crane right now is fully healthy, and they're a six seed. That's why they're scary. And they could lose to NC State, but I don't see it happening. I think Crane wins. So that's what I mean. It's it's just like that. It's the tournament. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what could go down. But I really do believe when it's all said and done, Alabama's cutting the nets down in Houston. So there you go. There's my bracket. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, my final four is Alabama, Duke, UConn, and Texas with Alabama beating UConn in the championship game. All right. That's it, man. I mean... I know, it's it's another day, another dollar, where you don't get a live radio show from JT, but it'll be up on Spotify. You better listen to it, all right? It's going to be crazy. I love you all. I hope you come back because I will be here once again when I post these. So I love you all. And just remember, Just Talking Sports is hosted by yours, yours truly, JT Noah. All right, guys, peace.